0: I'm Chloe. And I'm Heather. Together, we're your hosts of the Wands and Water podcast. Each week we'll be having candid conversations about things we found essential to healing while creating abundant lifestyles for ourselves, our clients and our collective communities. We believe that the universe provides us everything we need to take control of our successes and especially of our failures.
1: We'll be operating in realms outside of the mainstream, getting a little spiritual, a little witchy and a lot open about the things that can often be too hard for most to talk about. We'll be walking our shadow selves into the light one step at a time together. Combined, the two of us have over 10 years of social media management, teaching, educating, and coaching experience. We'll share some of the awkward, uncomfortable, yet enlightening growing pains that come with practicing, living, manifesting, and honoring the most abundant lives we can.
0: Each month holds a different theme of healing as we move through the year, and each week we release a new episode discussing book quotes and passages, sharing practical magic spells and insights shadow work, hearing expert interviews, and of course, plenty of reflection.
1: This podcast is a production that is one facet of the collective healing community we've established called the Shadow Collective. You're welcome here, you're safe here, you are loved here.
0: Subscribe to the Wands & Water podcast wherever you like to listen.
1: And if you love our podcast, consider joining our community on Patreon to get access to loads of exclusive Shadow Collective content.
0: In healing, abundance, and light.
1: All right, listeners, welcome back to the part two, season one, episode 11 of The Shadow and Mirror Selves. So in the last episode, we started our list of characteristics that hide in the shadow. We ended up with uh, Wrath and moving into Rigid here. Um, It's a little bit more still. We're going to we're still going to see that aggression. Right. Um, So if you guys listen to the last episode, we were talking about the the characteristics of of these character, uh, the characteristics of the characteristics or these things that sit in the shadow. Uh, We're going to talk about what these things might look like. And we're going to talk about how you can start to sit with that and maybe some suggestions on how you can start to work with that and and parts parts of your shadow work because we're going to be talking about our examples of our life and how we see these things maybe in ourselves um, or in other people Um, we've lived and we've learned. So we're dishing the tea
0: word word.
1: So (laughs) rigid being the next one here. So rigid, we're seeing like stubbornness, right? Um, but this can look like something that's on another level. So it, this is another one of those spectrum things. So it can show up as, you know, stubbornness that we know, trying to get someone to come to eat with us, trying to get somebody outside the house. Um, but then we see other forms of rigid, rigidness that fall in ethics and values that when it comes to, like we talked about in the lap, last episode, um, when, it, when it comes to our responses to these things, when we see maybe these things in other people, um, our response is very important to these when, when these things show up in a very rigid sense and more, more meaningful than stubborn um, because it takes a lot of work. This doesn't take just a simple conversation to, to weigh you on our side.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think like when this rigidness comes up as far as like your belief system because you've been either conditioned or you've conditioned yourself to believe that the world needs to be a particular way for it to be okay. And you find out that people live outside of that and they're happy. (laughs) I feel like is where it comes from. And it ends up looking like, you know, a a lot of times it can look like racism, sexism, ableism, homophobia. um, And that like, that almost that hatred for anybody who's not like you because you're it's I feel like it's always that Um. I don't understand this is that doesn't fit inside my definition of the world that I've either been given or developed for myself and so I can't understand how somebody can exist outside of it and there's I always notice with these people they'll like want something or want to do something and other people might not be into it and they'll be like I don't understand why you can't just try it you know but it's like you wouldn't <laughs> right you know, and it's like always those same people that would never just try something that somebody else was suggesting and and that's a
1: special when we see that's especially when we talk when we see talk about these four things right especially when we talk about people who are very rigid um, and 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 like you said with racism and being sexist and being ableist and homophobic what that comes down to when we talk about racism what that really comes down to at the very very bare bones of that is a fear of genetic extinction right that fear of the unknown the fear of the death of that person or in this case a race right um when we talk about anybody who would be, it's a fear of the race being gone, being extinct. And it shows up in all of these things now that look like racism. Same thing
0: for, you know, being home. When you say the race, you mean the person's own?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Just to clarify. Yeah, just to
1: clarify. Um, and when we see things like homophobia and and sexism, you know, even racism, that all those things are not. They don't come with us, right? Like we can establish that those are things that are not in our soul. We're not born that way. Yeah, we are not born that way. Our soul doesn't carry those things when we get here. I promise you. These are, but we learn it as early
0: as like one.
1: Yep, and (laughs) and that's you know the scary thing is that that's where these things really start to get themselves into the roots and the fabrics, and then we could talk about ancestral DNA and all of that and how. Someone could potentially be born with that hatred. Um, however, when we look at these things, it really is a fear of the rejection. It's a fear of the unknown. It's a fear for craziness. I don't know what, what's going to happen if this and this. It's a fear of somebody's ego being hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Usually when we see these people people who are uptight people who are intolerant people who aren't able to compromise they refuse to be flexible in situations they show up in these categories of people because at the end of the day their ego is on the line because that they're at that point they've got nothing else to give in my opinion that Mm -hmm. that is the only thing that is getting them through their day and the death of that would be the death of them and that to someone who is rigid there's so much work, (laughs) so much work that needs to be done there. But even if someone is just intolerant or obstinate or or uncompromising in a relationship, doesn't even have to do with these four categories of things. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and there needs to be work that needs to be done in the shadow of this fear of rejection or going without or or the unknown or just being afraid of being in conflict or being afraid that your feelings are going to get hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. acceptance is really important. And for a lot of these things, facts are also important. Important. facts of the situation are also important i'll say
0: yeah yeah because i feel like a lot of times this rigidity comes with like a willful ignorance mm-hmm. because then you can't keep that rigidity right if you open up the door to the knowledge and the facts as you say then it it shatters that world that you've created for yourself that you get to be so rigid in. and so that's where that willful ignorance comes from because it's like once you know you can't unknow and then you're no longer right in your rigidity um, and your rigidity, so you think, has been protecting you all this time. So, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you said that last part. You're so, welcome. The, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, the next one is glibness, um, and so this can look like being superficial, like not fully investing in stuff being kind of crafty or cunning or sly about shit being inconsistent because what it means to be glib is to be like and i'm i'm sorry to be like this person to define the word for us but i think (laughs) it's important because it kind of uh, it kind of defines what this character trait is like um it's to be like fluent and eloquent in the delivery but superficial at the same time Right. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of talking the talk without walking the walk. It's kind of um, being a soothsayer and like saying what somebody wants to hear and then not really being invested in what you're saying. Um, And it's really it's one of those things. It's another one of those things that creates a mask for us. Right. And it's the the cause of this really ends up being that the person who's doing it has that distrust that feeling of like not being safe if they're really seen or if I really invest myself in this, I'm going to get hurt. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I need to do to be like in good graces or what I think will make me in good graces, but not really invest in it. Because if I show up and I get rejected, like I'm not going to be able to handle that. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, invest on the surface and let make people potentially think that I'm here for it. And then as soon as shit gets tough, maybe I won't be
1: yeah and that's a bad cycle to get in right for the soul because then your soul gets tired of that it gets tired of the effort to be something else and and to live in this illusion so to say to talk about the superficial self and um this cunning aspect you know it really is you know the over time it's the the skill has been developed to create this illusion of like you said walking the walk but you know not necessarily talking the talk um reversed reversed don't i always reverse everything that like everything (laughs) that is a saying like that
0: any idiom god
1: what is wrong is there like a part of my brain that doesn't work you know what
0: it is (laughs) is that you're walking the walk so (laughs) it's hard it's hard to it's hard to just say it. That is funny, though.
1: <laughs> I guess I can use that as my excuse is that I'm just not good at idioms. My brain doesn't work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, you do seem to have like a disconnect. With
1: that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure uh, that out. It'll be on my to do list. You guys, don't worry.
0: I'm gonna try and take care of
1: myself or just talk correctly. Um,
0: I like it actually.
1: <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, so this is this can be something that if we if, if not looked at and really just given the acceptance of our uh, of our investment in certain situations that didn't really work out the way we wanted to our investment in certain people or ourself in situations that we didn't that we, you know, they just turned out in ways that we didn't want to. We really need to accept that and accepting it is sitting with it, honoring the fact that you did invest, honoring the fact that maybe that person or that situation wasn't right for you at the time time and you have the power to create literally and manifest the the world that you want. So it's a combination of perspective lens and honoring and accepting the emotions that are necessary to be felt there. I feel like I'm saying that for everything, (laughs)
0: every Mm -hmm. single thing, but it's
1: true. It really is true.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's, that's like what we keep saying, right? Is that there's so much overlap and it's just, there is right. But just how it manifests is, A little bit different right like all of these behaviors end up having a very similar root cause and it's like just looking at which facet is being presented that's all right they're all part of the same thing they're all part of the shadow and that's why it might feel a little redundant it might feel repetitive but it's like that's what this is (laughs) so so whatever
1: (laughs) it's all it's all good y'all are here yeah
0: here for it All right. So
1: the next one that we're going to come into is a big one. Okay. So Mm -hmm. this is one that again, just as dangerous as the other ones. This is something that can really damage you and and inhibit your, your ability to heal really. Right. So here we're, we're talking about the nonchalant shadow. Okay. So when you're wrapped up in this, you're emotionally detached. You're distant from either other people or yourself. You're indifferent, uncaring, unexcited. I'm going to rewind back to uncaring because uncaring (laughs) is really where we see this, you know, this idea that somebody can be so damaged and so hurt that they, they know exactly what it is they need to do, or they know what it is, um, that that's necessary for them, but they're just so buried in grief and fear and shame that it is, it has actually created a, you know, a numbness, a desensitate, uh, desensitization to this idea of dealing with your emotions and that, you know, all of that combined can, can be so damaging because, you know, especially for me, it's hard for me to be around some people who hold those characteristics because, you know, I, obviously I want people to heal. Right. I want people to have the um, the fire in them to to deal with whatever grief and deal with whatever fear and deal with whatever shame, because I feel that, you know, if I'm doing it, they can do it, too. And that's where we have to remember that all the processes look different. Um, But when you look at these characteristics of how this stuff shows up when you're just nonchalant about life, people tend to feel very purposeless and they feel very unfulfilled. And it's because they're not emotionally, um, not emotionally, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not emotionally invested in themselves to heal, right? And to care enough and to be excited about moving on from a situation.
0: I feel like this can also come from a place of hopelessness. Like, I know for me, when I was growing up, and when when we were growing up in school, and I, I... definitely correct me if i misrepresent you in this at all but i am going to include you in what i'm about to say i know for my sorry no, okay. i know for my <laughs> i know for myself um this is this particularly was something that i struggled with for a couple years um in a very like real and palatable like palatable unpalatable but like sorry palpable was the word (laughs) I was looking for in a very palpable way like people could feel it like I remember you know like one of my friends at the time being like you know I think what's so interesting about you is your constant air of disinterest so i was thinking to myself like I'm not disinterested you know Mm -hmm. but I couldn't I couldn't allow myself to show up for anything and then there was a time where I literally could not care less about anything the apathy was so real because there was this sense of hopelessness And I felt like, I felt like, you know, like a little inside like a little kid sitting in the darkness with no, with no light around and no like, no tunnel to even look into to see the light at the end of it. Um, And I think when we're young, it can really feel like that. And it can come out like that. And I I don't want to speak for you. And like, I don't know if this is how you felt at all. But I do remember when we were growing up, you know, Rachel and I used to joke sometimes, being like oh Chloe is so funny because you would very sometimes you would very deadpan like you wouldn't be very excitable but you would you would say something like I'm having a great time (laughs) yeah and it's like we knew that you meant it you know but there was no visual cue that you did and so that's (laughs) so like I'm gonna include you in this no yeah yeah,
1: you're right to do that because I've been told that my whole life (laughs) (laughs) I
0: wouldn't say that that's true about you now though you know yeah
1: I would say that I have been told i've i have a very, like I've had very monotone um
0: you know just Affect. yeah
1: I'm just very monotone, and even though I am excited, you know the r b f too like right the resting bitch face like mm-hmm. i'm I'm present and I'm, i might might be excited to be there, but my face just might not show it, yes, guilty, guilty is charged, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, you're totally right. And I think, like you said, like when you're young and those things show up, because I can definitely agree, you know, it's, it's funny. I was talking to someone that, um, I grew up with, you know, she she was actually, they they were actually my babysitter and, um, they, we were having a conversation about a year ago and I had posted something about being a sad kid and, you know, they told me that, yeah, I remember you being a sad kid and, You know, that had to make me stop and think because I have given myself this narrative that my childhood was great, that I got everything that I wanted and that I I don't remember ever being sad or anything really being happening because that's what I had told other people for years You know, so we when when something like that happens, you know, we like that blackout stage, right? A lot of times we mm-hmm. see the studies of people who have depression or severe depression for long periods of time. We find that the memory is fogged in those times. I personally do. You know, I can. A Same. lot of my teenage years, I wasn't doing drugs, I wasn't drinking. I don't remember a lot of it because I was just sad and depressed, and like you said, like I felt that hopelessness. It was just I hadn't experienced enough life to know better and i wasn't necessarily getting the healing that i needed so i was just sitting mm-hmm. in this like autopilot limbo you know and by the grace of the universe you know we've we've trucked onto this path of healing you know eventually and the universe does give us those signs but you know sometimes that 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 complacency in this hopelessness is what can really really hurt us if we're not able to pull ourselves out and just accept that something was and know that we can make change.
0: Yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought up that part about um, the blackout (laughs) because I've definitely experienced the same thing, like huge chunks of my life just missing, like I have no idea. And that's also where we get these recovered memories from, right? Like the when we start to do this healing we might not even realize the shit that we don't remember. And then it starts coming back to you because now you can handle it. And so you might find, right? Like if you, if you are similar to us in this particular way, that as you're doing this healing, you start having these memories. And you're like, did this really happen? Or am I dreaming? And it's chances are it probably really happened. You just, your brain has not let you, let you remember it because it was, you know, not something that you were able to show up for at the time. And if we don't
1: do those things, you know, a way that another way that shows up is, you know, at least for me personally, the things that had happened to me that I you know, worked so hard to forget, then they started showing up in things like my dreams. And they started showing mm-hmm. up in the things, right? Like the way that I, you know, I I was in relationships with people and friends and you know, boyfriends and all of that but when it came to like myself i think that there's a real sense of um you know i forgot where i was going with that that's okay i'm good
0: <laughs> you sure yeah
1: i yeah it's gone gone forever Okay. just like the other thing from watch before. it come back
0: when we're in the middle of the next it one um
1: well until then i that was all good yeah i i think yeah. i said yeah we're good moving on <laughs> um so another thing another characteristic that can sit in this shadow is this idea of perverseness okay so when we don't and this is this is going to be a really deep heavy one because you know I I have experience with this and you know I know a lot of people might, and we'll put a little disclaimer on this on this side that you know this might be trigger warning for some people. You know, I might say something that'll I'm just gonna put it out there right now. There this there might be a trigger warning with this one. Um so when we get to this perverse sort of characteristic, you know, a lot of that is rooted in repressed sexual energy and unresolved child wounds. And we see a lot of that in, you know child abuse child sexual abuse um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and people who have this sort of characteristic sitting in sitting in them whether they were the one affecting it or the one who was on the other side of the table being the victim of that you know we're seeing obvious signs of sadisticness we're seeing this lust that comes from a really um for lack of a better word, perverted place. Um, We're seeing very corrupt ideas. So we're seeing things like compassion and love um, being shown in unconventional ways. Um,
0: and inappropriate ways. Yes. I was
1: just going to say unconventional very lightly, right? And I'm glad that you chimed in with that. Um, So I think for me personally, just because I'm a victim of, you know, child sexual abuse, I think for me, this was one of those things that my brain did a great job of um, shutting it off kind of immediately because I feel like I can remember um, the moment when I decide, when I or my body decided that we weren't going to say anything. Um, and then that showed up 20 years later in my dreams. And, you know, obviously when you're at a young age and something that, like that happens, you know, the more people that I've talked to, the more things that I've read, you know, obviously we don't, we, I'll say we, don't know what to do, right? We don't know in that situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we go through life thinking that, that it's either our fault or that we should have known better or, and, and that is just simply not the case. You know, that that's not how that works. It's, it was on the other end of the table when it comes to that sort of situation. But when, when, it, when sometimes when things like that happen to us, in that sexual way. Sometimes we see that in ourselves as we get older in maybe our sexual interests. Right. And we mm-hmm. see these continuations of these things just because of what people have been through. You know, I've, I've watched countless documentaries of people who have this sort of repressed sexual energy because of un, unresolved wounds um, that they, they do that because they've experienced it. And then we see the trend and it's not to say that any person who's obviously, I'm not saying that anybody who's experienced sexual harm, you're not going to do that, but it's, you know, it would be naive to recognize that that trend does not exist with certain people who have that capability to bring it to that level. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you know, criminologists find like psychologists who work specifically with the criminal brain find that almost all child abusers were abused as children. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess like, I don't really have anything else to add to that. So I'm gonna move on to the next one, unless there's anything you wanted to add before we left that one.
1: There. No, I think, I think when it comes to digging in the shadow with this one, I think if someone would be a victim to this, I would say, you know, definitely seek out the resources that you need to get the support that you would need to, um, go through what it is that you need to go through so that you don't feel an overwhelming sense of victimhood or shame or guilt, because again, that's not, you know, necessarily the case. Right. Um, And it's important to heal so that you can be, when we talk about this mirror self, we're mirroring who we are inside and we're not mirroring the things that have happened to us because that's not who we are. Um, And then on the flip side, if you're on this end of, Excuse me, if you're on this end of having repressed sexual energy and you you're finding ways, difficult ways of expressing that sexuality, there are many people in trained professional fields, sex therapists that can help you find ways that if you do feel some type of way about the things that you might be into, seek the support and the help that you need. Right. Not even to a point where obviously you're doing anything harmful, but even in the type of, you know, I'll say it, even in the type of way that people engage themselves in private, you know, cause that's where people, mm-hmm. some people might feel like they're, they have shame or they have guilt. I've spoken to many women who feel that way about, you know, watching pornography and the type of pornography that they watch, you know, that, that these are all things that need to be expressed. And it's just, unfortunate that in today's society it's not the mainstream conversation you know how we what how do we view the things that were we actually find sexually appealing and because of the society and the way that they put things at the same side i'll say a lot of the things aren't as bad as maybe we or people think that they are that it's natural yeah right that they're natural ways of expressing um sexuality and you know as we find more as we as we you know as research and everything comes up of expressing sexuality um i think you know it's just much more of an open door than we've ever seen there's so much more of a spectrum of expressing sexuality um that it's there's i think it's just so much more right we're talking about sexual you know sexuality gender it's just such a big spectrum that if there's something that you feel like as a person you're not able to express You know, know your authenticity is there and that to seek the support that you need to have that, you know, um, which which is really important. And people, you know, representing themselves and representing their sexuality and their gender, you know, as as just as, you know, we see perverted as a negative sense, you know, it can also just be something that's swapped. Um, And people Mm -hmm. could feel that that repressed energy of not being able to express themselves. That can be very dangerous, too. Um, and we need to yeah. we need to understand that sitting with the shadow comes with sitting with that acceptance of we are who we are, um, and these parts of ourselves that we want to express, um, you know, they they they're worth our time and energy and expression.
0: Yeah, and I know I said I didn't have anything to add, but I guess I do now. <laughs>
1: now that I've, I'm glad that I brought it back to I, I'm glad that I said that because that is a big part too when it when it comes to this. Yeah. and I don't I didn't necessarily think of that at first, so.
0: I think sexual violence, um, and I say sexual violence in that, in a, in a, in a way that it doesn't mean like being necessarily, I mean, this is included obviously, but it doesn't mean being pulled into an alley. Right. And like, you know, raped at gunpoint, like that's not, that's not all sexual violence is, um, being sexually violated is such a specific and like heinous violation that cuts so deep, um. And it feels there's so much shame attached that it, it's scary to even acknowledge. And it does come out in all of these other ways that maybe we don't even connect to it and don't, or don't identify with, or don't understand why they're, why they're happening or why we have these interests and things like that. But the reality is that it's a really pervasive experience, right? Like one in three women will be sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. That's just a true thing. That's a true aspect of our existence right now hopefully that's not the case going forward, right? But right now, one in three women will experience sexual violence in their lives. And when it happens in childhood, you know, regardless of uh, genetic sex, um, or gender identity, like when it happens to a child, that impact is um, very often amplified into many aspects of coping mechanisms and strategies and like, struggle that comes up later and I think because of how heinous it is and because of how deep it cuts and because of how personal it is it's even more of an important reason to not try to go walk through that by yourself like some people can and that's not to say if this has happened to you you have to go to therapy like uh, who am I to say that but I just think that this is a very particular kind of violation that that you know, it's worth worthwhile, like you said, going to seek out that kind of help because, just because of how how personal it is and how um, dark it can be.
1: Yeah, and part of dealing with the shadow and what we're doing and the reason why it's such hard work is, you know, unfortunately that this is something, this is a characteristic that is in the shadow that that is that is universally needing to be recognized. Um, so the, that's the yeah. reason we bring it up is, you know, obviously, we're, we're here about spilling the tea and the truth. Um, and we're not going to leave anything out, even even if it's hard to hear. So we're yeah. we're glad that everybody, if you stuck through that, thank you guys for being with us in some really vulnerable time. I know I probably didn't mean to share that story, but I'm glad that I did, and I hope that somebody who may made... I'm glad you did. And if too. anybody who's going through something, you can reach out to me. I'm here. I'm here for you. Um, we'll go into the next one here. So we're going just before you do. No, I'm yes, sorry. I'm... I did
0: just want to add. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm very clear that I think that um, these experiences can happen to men, full grown men as well. And they do. And those experiences are just as heinous and deserve the same kind of compassion and attention. And I, I just, I feel like it's very important to very explicitly say that because it's not something um, it's not something that people like to talk about or even acknowledge to be true. So yeah, I just want to say that before we move no, forward. No,
1: Thank you for doing that. I'm glad you did. Um, okay. So cowardliness the coward monster the cowardly monster um so the coward shadow here that we have when we think of somebody who's a coward we think of somebody who's either weak-willed they're fearful you know i think of the person when i think of someone who's a coward i think of somebody who said that they were going to do something and then at the last minute things got tough and they backed out right So we're seeing, again, this sense of fear being the root cause, this disbelief in self. Um, And I, I, you know, I just had this thought where I wanted to come up with a different word for this in terms of the self, but because I thought it was too harsh, but it is, you know, when you really don't have this belief in yourself, when you get to a point where I've been there, where I just really didn't think that I was capable of much, because every time I had tried and invested my time and energy in something, it just didn't work out you know I remember multiple multiple conversations i've had with my mom where I felt like all I was trying to do was swim and keep my head above water, and every single time I felt like I finally got my chin up. Something had happened and pulled me back down. And I was, you know, again, trying to work 10,000 times harder just to get back to where I was. And when that happens to you over and over and over and over and over again, again, I was not trained to have a different perspective. I was just constantly getting down on myself. So I constantly was mm-hmm. building this basket of disbelief in myself and this fear that I couldn't do it. And that showed up in me not doing things that I wanted to do and me just flat out not showing up for myself. Right. And when yeah. we and when, when we're talking about ourselves it's these timid conversations that we have in our mind, right? It's like where your sun sign says I want to do something, and then your moon sign is like, "Wait a second. Well, what happened last time? You know what I mean? It's like, right. well, what about and, and and what about? And if you are not trained, if you're not mentally trained to put that um, self doubt aside it's going to show up again in cyclical cycles cyclical again we always do that cyclical cycles these um, these cycles <laughs> where you're just being a flat out coward with yourself and you're not showing mm-hmm. up and it is hard to say but it, it's but it's true and especially when you do that yeah. with other people you're being a coward towards other people when you're not saying what you're going to do and then yeah you're not saying what you're you're not doing what you say you're going to do there you go that idiom right
0: yeah and I think that cowardice can also look like um irritability too right or like putting something down being like that's stupid it's like it's not stupid you just wish you could do it and you're too afraid to try yeah um And so cowardice doesn't always look like literally cowering in the corner or like shying away from something. It can look like attacking something and trying to diminish it because it's something that you want or something that you wish you had or wish you could do and you don't feel capable ever. You don't believe in yourself enough to even give it a shot. And so cowardice can wear a couple hats. And I think, yeah, I think it's important to try to recognize it within ourselves in a way of just being like, is this something that I, you know, dislike? Is this something that? I, I don't identify with, or is this something that I'm afraid to try? Um, and I think it, it comes out this cowardice, I think in that way, it comes out a lot, especially in adolescence, where we're so focused of being accepted and everything's changing and we don't, we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out who we are. And we're also trying to be liked by everybody and kids can be really freaking mean mm-hmm. um, that cowardice comes out in a lot of different ways. And it's all happening at once in this like <laughs> just explosive volatile mix of personalities. And I think um As we get older, it's our responsibility to kind of look back um, on those times specifically. And because a lot of times the cowardices that we developed during that time end up following us later on. Absolutely. Ain't Ain't nothing more truthful than that.
1: Right. And that's the trend here that we're seeing is that we need, as a collective, the goal here is that there needs to be an acceptance that what we've been through is absolutely not what we carry right now, but there are lessons to be learned from everything that we've been to, both the shadow and the light. We've talked about that eloquent balance that's needed for all of this. So when we're doing this again, you know, all of these things are incredibly hard to do, incredibly hard to accept. Um, to feel that fulfillment of um, accountability and acceptance in a lot of these things, in these these, um, emotions. But they're incredibly necessary so that, again, this mirror that we put out um, is our true self. And we can focus more of our energy on on doing that rather than hiding in the shadow that we've created in a lot of these ways that are showing up in a lot of these ways.
0: Yes, and... um... Just sorry, just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let me acknowledge that what you said was fire and accurate. Before I move on to so this next, it's the one, last one, um, it is the last one. And you know what? Thanks again to um, LoneWolf.com, LonerWorth, sorry lonerwolf.com, Mateo Soul over there um, for putting this list together because it really is uh, it's really well developed and it's very accurate. And so I'm 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 very thankful for that and if you haven't ever checked out the website make sure that you go on over there and check it out because you got some fire things on there yeah
1: and and they're really not leaving anything out which is important um so the last Word. one that we have is the you know the the idea of being naive right where we're just refusing to look either at a situation we're refusing to grow up we're refusing to individually create ourselves where it's 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 this idea of, again, there's a lot of components that come into this because it is a spectrum, right? When we're we're creating ourselves, we're being naive to who we really are. Um, And that's a part of it Mm -hmm. as well. So people who display this type of character, they can be very petty. They can be immature. They can, you know, be illogical in their their ideas, maybe their goals. Um, a lot of the times, maybe the things that they want to accomplish seem very um, big if they're the type of person that doesn't uphold to that. Um, you know, and they can also be very simple minded at the same time. They can be very closed off and narrow minded and and not have imagination in that sense to either, you know, gain critical thinking skills to move deeper into a situation um, or, or I I think just, you know, acknowledging it there. Right. Probably.
0: Yeah. And this can also come out as like, almost like an infantilized version of themselves like I think we all know people who kind of infantilize themselves and when I say that I mean being like I'm just a girl it's like no you're not you're a full-grown woman and you need to take responsibility for your life right but there's that there's that um like intentional infantilization of trying to be youthful and trying to act like you're still in this place that you've already walked through in life um And I think it can show up that way because it's like just that lack of letting go, right? Maybe things didn't go the way you wanted to in that area of life. And now you're not ready to move past it because you want to keep having a redo. And it's like, that's not how life works, right? And so I think for those of us who aren't in this place, it can be really annoying (laughs) to see this in someone else. It's like, I know for myself, I don't have any tolerance for this kind of energy in my life. I'm like, you need to you need to check in with yourself right now. Like you're 35 years old, stop acting like you're 12. Like I have no tolerance, but it, it's important to remember right where it comes from. Um, And it's, you know, like always, it's that fear.
1: That fear to level up almost in a way, because again, we're seeing this, our, you know, someone's feelings got hurt because they invested time, energy, money, you know, feelings, you know, any of that. And all of these things are just different ways that we experience emotion in the fact that something or somebody didn't respond in a way that maybe we wanted to. And these are all characteristics and traits that we either watched other people do um yeah, that we've watched other people do through our life. And we've learned these things. And and slowly over time, we've found things that have worked for us that keep us afloat. But at the end of the day, if you find yourself unhappy, it's probably because there's something on this list that's undealt with, um, that needs that Mm -hmm. needs that embrace. So now that we have fully gone through the list we're going to go over a few of the ways that you all can meet and embrace your shadow and
0: Now that we've lived in the dark for an (laughs) hour and a
1: half. (laughs) Now that we've lived in the deep, dark depths of the shadow, we're going to try and climb our way out here. So it's great that we've recognized these things, but as like Heather and I are self healers, it's just as important to put the energy of going in as it is to come out. Right. So what are the things that we need to be doing as a collective to meet and embrace the shadow, practicing, Mm -hmm. taking time to meditate for 30 minutes or longer Honestly, I think as little as ten minutes and five minutes can be enough if that's I all agree. you have. You can you'll go to yogis and you'll go to um, other people and you know we, I've, I've read books before. I believe that we read it um, in wherever you go, there you are. But there's a section in that book where um, he, John talks about um, forty-five minutes being like the the world worldwide staple minimum, right? That if you want, you know, pure you know, clean alchemy, you got to do at least 45 minutes a day. The reality of the situation is society today that we live in, a lot of people don't have that. But science and tests are showing that as little as five minutes, five to 10 minutes a day, can start to help and ease that process. We just need to be disciplined in doing that daily. Um, So doing that can help shine a light on these shadow parts, just taking time to honor and acknowledge them. Um, And we're doing this just by simply creating this space that we need to and allowing these feelings and emotions to be felt.
0: Yeah. And I don't care how busy you are, you can find five minutes to make this a priority. Like, even if you have to tell people you're going to take a shit and just hide out in the bathroom to meditate for five minutes, like do what you got to do, right? Because you're important enough and your mental and spiritual and emotional well being is important enough to take those five minutes. And I'm sure you have five minutes for some other bullshit. So use those five minutes for this instead. Yeah. And sorry to be so like, yeah, meh, meh about it's it true. But <laughs> it's true <laughs> it is true and I hear so many people being like well, I don't have time to meditate or you know that's just that's just the biggest line of bullshit I've ever heard and I understand where it comes from but it it's like get real with yourself and be honest with yourself about like the fact that it's scary <laughs> and the fact that it's hard and that's the real reason why you're not willing to make five minutes or to start a minute <laughs> to deal with it you know so I mean, we've we we we've talked about it and you and I privately and I think publicly have talked about how even just a few breaths can make a huge difference and there's science that backs that up. So, you know, saying starting with a minute, it might sound like, oh, really, like a minute's going to help me. And it's like, if you're doing nothing, yeah, a minute's going change to your, change your life. If anybody has <laughs> so, sprinted and-
1: for a minute straight, that can be the longest minute of your life. So this, it's the same when you're working on your breath, a minute really does go so long. And you know, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, and you might find when you're going that you're not going to want to stop at a minute after you've been practicing. No, and I'm I'm glad
1: that you said that, because as you build habits, right? And as you see things start to work, you find that ambition to keep doing them, right? And that's what we're working for. Um, But, but yeah, so.
0: Yeah, just creating a little bit of a success narrative builds, builds that motivation a lot. Absolutely.
1: And and that's important when we work in the shadow is we need to be able to find these ways to balance in that, that sort of um, attitude into it. So where we're developing more self awareness, right. And allowing, allowing ourselves to take the time to breathe and take the 60 seconds to breathe. And, you know, just honor your emotions. And, you know, even simple shadow work can just be taking the five minutes that you have in the morning when you wake up and sitting you know up in your bed and just honoring however you feel right then and there you know that's part of it too Mm -hmm. people will be surprised what comes up when they take just five minutes to sit up in bed and just close their eyes, don't go back to sleep. But when you when you sit up in bed and you just take a couple minutes and you don't look at your phone, right? And you don't, and the first thing you do is not to scroll on, on the internet, right? Developing more self awareness allows mm-hmm. you to be more conscious with your words. You find your that you're able to express yourself more clearly. You're able to express your your um your feelings more clearly, and your behaviors end up not backfiring on you because you're able to think about the things that you do and more importantly if it ends up being someone who you're if you're self-aware that somebody is uh, reacting right and not responding to something you're saying you're self-aware enough in that situation to not feed off of that and to not react back Mm -hmm. and to respond
0: Um, and to know it's not about you
1: and that's a big thing too and that's a big part of self-awareness and something that's really hard for a lot of us to sit with is that A lot of the a lot of if not most of the reactions that we have with other people, especially the people that we care about, aren't necessarily about us, you know, and and I know you and I Mm -hmm. have talked about um, that. And, you know, in my relationship in particular, there are a lot of things that I've had to just deal with that, you know, my partner does that don't have anything to do with me. And it can be as simple as, you know, him getting mad at his video games and I'm in the other room and the fact that he's just getting mad annoys me so that I'm all riled up like what is the point, Chloe? Like what is the point? Just put your headphones on and mind your business, right? But it took me a mm-hmm. whole year to, to get used to that and just to say, "You know what? Let me just sip my hibiscus tea and mind my business," right? It it took a little bit to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's necessary, but it's doable, right? It's doable.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because I know you and I are both like energetically sensitive. I know that like, if I walk into a room, I can feel the emotions of like everybody in it. And for somebody that I love and I'm in love with that is like amplified by a thousand. So anytime my partner is having any kind of emotional turbulence I feel like personally affected by it. And it's really hard to say this is their thing, right? This is, this is about them. And it's something that they need to deal with right now. And I, I shouldn't be taking this on because it doesn't help either one of us. And it's hard, like you said, to sit down and drink that tea and just be like, all right, I'm just going to be here until you're ready. Um, But it is like that self-awareness is the biggest gift, right? Because it's what enables you to do that. And it's what enables me to do that when I'm able to. And, you know, that's something that I have to work on all the time. But I also think the self-awareness comes from, like, I guess I wanted to just keep on the self-awareness for a second because there's a lot of ways to do it. And I think if you're somebody who's, who maybe feels like they're already um, self-aware, I challenge you to to engage in some activities that will make you more self-aware because we can always be more self-aware, but it's like that tool that allows us to interject in the moment and, and stop the cycle and be like, what's really happening right now? And so um, I guess I, what do you do in a very tangible way besides like sitting up in the morning? I know that that's your thing, right? Where you've stopped looking at social media for the first couple mm-hmm. hours in the morning. Um, to see what comes up. But like, what else do you do to be self? Um, so
1: honestly, the last couple of months, just trying to sit and remember, um, if I hear myself breathing, I try and focus on it. Like if I can hear myself breathing on the exhale, I tr- I've trained myself now to take a moment to at least just breathe deeply one or two times. And it's not like a lot. Right. And we've, we talk about a lot of ways that people say, well, I don't have time to do this or do that. That is absolutely something that you have zero excuse for, you know, like what I just gave you is something that you can literally do doing anything. Okay. So don't come in the comments and at me and say that you can't do that uh, because you can. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing that I do is when I'm cooking um, over the last couple of years, I've tried to Think about being present in what I'm actually doing when I'm cooking, you know, over the course of my life, the sense of being on autopilot and going through the motions is something that I'm really good at. But my mind is always a million miles away thinking about something that I shouldn't have been. So now over the last couple Mm -hmm. of years of training myself to be more self-aware, doing trying to be more present in the things I'm already doing has been the biggest thing. So cooking, you know, I've been home in COVID for the last year, I've been doing more cooking than I've ever done in my life, you know, trying to incorporate different ways to honor the foods that I'm eating. And honestly, I've cleaned up my, my, the foods that I've been eating over the last couple of months. So it's, I've just been trying to be very present and being thankful that I am nourishing myself. And it's little as just saying, I'm glad I'm putting spinach in my body today. You know, like, I'm glad I'm, I'm mm-hmm. drinking this, you know, tea instead of coffee, you know, when I reach for my matcha because I can't have coffee anymore. Um, try to instilling more habits of thanking myself for the things that I'm doing. Um, that's another way to just be, be very briefly present while you're already doing the things that you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah. I, another thing that I wanted to say is before I go to bed, um, I like to listen to a lot of ASMR. I don't know if anybody, you know, I know some people make fun of it, but I love ASMR. Um, I have my favorites that I have on my YouTube. My YouTube is pretty much just like ASMR and music, right? Um, But there's something that it does for me that really calms me down. Do you know what it is?
0: Yeah, it's like the sounds of people like eating. Yeah, well, it really is
1: like your senses being triggered by different noises and different things. So people know it is like people Mm -hmm. eating, but it can be the things that are more soothing for me is somebody like running their fingers down a wooden comb or rubbing their hands on a soft plush towel. Like, I don't know. There's something that those noises do for me that just create a sense of calm. Some people find that in audiobooks. I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, people I would consider my mentors, they listen to audiobooks every night before bed at least 30 minutes. Um, you know, some people read before bed. You know, I you know, I read a lot, you know, reading before bed is not something that I do personally, but some people find a lot of presence and calm in their day when they're able to just find time to um, thank themselves for a, a nice, you know, fantasy read, or maybe they're reading about self-help or whatever they're interested in, you know, taking the time to be thankful that you're doing something that you want to be doing that, you know, is going to be beneficial to you is another way that you can be self-aware.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with, and I, I appreciate all of those things that you mentioned. Um, I try to do a lot of them as well. And I guess some other things, um, I like that you brought up reading because anything that, stimulates us mentally and gets us thinking gives us an opportunity to think about what we're thinking and think about how we're thinking and think about what comes up um which helps us be more self-aware but I also really like uh flow of consciousness stuff um and that can look like verbally if you're you know if you have somebody that is willing to listen to it like Chloe does for me sometimes or um, you do for me too, (laughs) you know, that you trust, (laughs) that you trust with it. Just like I say, Chloe in particular does this for me because if I, sometimes I'll throw something out there that needs to be examined and she won't just let it sit (laughs) there. Right. She'll be like, wait, what, why? (laughs) And then, and then lets me have the flow of consciousness. Right. So it can't just be anybody. It has to be somebody that does that kind of a thing for you, but you can also do it for yourself. And I know when I'm home alone, (laughs) I am talking to myself (laughs) because it's how I like it's how I most effectively work through and figure out how I actually feel about things, what I actually think about things. And you can do that um nonverbally too via writing. Um like you can just do flow of consciousness writing. So if you have a journal that you feel safe writing in um without any kind of agenda, just start writing. And even if you're like, I don't know what to write about, this is dumb, I can't think of anything, eventually that will change into something that needs to come out of you. So I really like I just wanted to add one last one of flow of consciousness stuff to that because I feel like it's it's very helpful and, you know, doing audibly can really activate that throat chakra, which is great, but you can do the same work pen and paper silently more. Absolutely. I think
1: I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because some people genuinely don't know ways to express that form of consciousness, right? You know, like I love that you brought up Mm -hmm. talking to yourself. I think people need to be more open about probably how more often they talk to themselves than not. But for me, that is the way that I'm able to process. And for me, because I like to be very definitive and accurate and you know, like the scientist in me is, you know, wanting to come to that pinpoint conclusion. It's important for me to find the words Mm -hmm. to figure that out. Not always do I, but it is important for me to talk that out. And just as important as writing, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up that too, but just like painting, you know, maybe if somebody's involved in ceramics, you know, that's a creative outlet. So when you're Mm -hmm. looking for ways to be more self-aware and talking isn't necessarily your jive, finding a way to use a creative outlet to, to have that form of conversation with yourself and your consciousness is just as more of, um, just as more important for you to keep your options open as to what that might look like for you on your journey of when you guys are embracing your shadow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like anything that allows you to access your inner flow is yes. is perfect. And there's no right way. Um, so that brings us to our next one, which is asking trusted advisors, right? Friends, partners, therapists, people that you've chosen that love you, that you love, that you trust and you, you appreciate the perspective. You feel like they, they see you um, and accept you and like can be really honest with you and you know it's coming from a, a good place. What they think your greatest faults are. Because sometimes it's easier for other people to see them in us than it is for us to see in ourselves. And when we're able to invite that feedback in, um, it's it can be really, really Absolutely. valuable. And the way that it is the most
1: valuable is when we walk into a situation like this, right, where we want to be open to f- feedback or constructive criticism about things that, you know may or may not be receptive for us. and a lot of us come in ready to defend to the ends of the earth why it is that they've done what they've done. okay? <laughs> no one is asking yeah. no one, no one is looking for that. okay? This isn't uh, <laughs> this isn't exactly' are like, like Apple. <laughs> this is if you're trying to create a space where you're genuinely trying to um, ask people that you trust, that you care about that you know have your best interests at heart. Make sure you are open to receiving that information and you're not coming with your double-edged sword hiding under your waist belt because...
0: Yeah, tell me so I can be right? mad about, at about that it. Right, because what does that do?
1: It just feeds into so many of the characteristics that we've spent the last hour and a half talking about is that these things are rooted because you're just not... You're either fearful of what they're going to say or you don't know how you're going to take it. Well, this is a it's a big step. It's a hard step to take when you open yourself up to that type of thing. But sometimes it's the information that we get from other people that really helps us see, because a lot of the times when we're in these situations where we're hopeless and we feel helpless and we don't know how to get out and we're forced to ask for support in these ways. It's because we're fogged and blindfolded and we don't know our way out and we just need a helping hand, you know, a supportive hand to help us, you know, help pull us out of the quicksand that we're in for a little bit. Um, So be open to accepting advice and criticism if that's something that you're looking for, because going in, like I said, with that double edged sword is not going to help. No, it's not going to help you or the person that you're trying to genuinely get advice from. Because I promise they're not going to react the way, respond the way that you want them to.
0: Yeah. And also, if you're inviting it in, right, you have to, like, it's like, don't ask me if you're not going to listen, right? Don't ask, don't. Because I'm like that, right? If somebody asks my opinion, and they get mad at me for giving it, it's like, well, you obviously didn't want my opinion then, right? What you really wanted was for me to tell you what you wanted to hear. And when I didn't do that, now you want to act victimized. And that's a really shitty way to, to, to be and to look to your people. Um, and so we do have to just remember, like you said, that it, if we're asking for it, we need to be ready to receive it. And, um, and it might be really hard, right? Because especially if we're not, this is something that we're not practiced in, you might feel like anger or um, like offense bubbling up inside you. But it's really important in the moment to be able to kind of hold it in. And think about what's being said and even if you even if you have to say okay thanks for sharing and not talk about it anymore until you have time to really sit with it and think about it that's fine right just don't lash out at them for giving you honest feedback that you asked for because that'll be probably the last time that you get that honest feedback and it you know it might make people distance themselves from you so It is like, I'm glad you brought it up because it is something to be careful of and to just be mindful that like, when you get this feedback, it might be painful and it might be something that you want to, you want to, if, if wrath is something that you struggle with, (laughs) you know, that might be a place where it comes out because, you know, that brings up that feeling of insecurity. Um, But it's, it's also important to remember that it's coming from a place of love, love loving care and, 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 you know partnership in your healing process because you you invited it and you asked for it so I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said that and I think um yeah this was a this was a big episode um heavy episode I'm glad we ended with something lighter (laughs) and if you made it yeah if you made it all the way through part one and part two like you're a champion thank you for being here with us through you know two of our heavier episodes and we are going to hit you with part three which will be the mirror Um, self um, but
1: sparkle sparkle
0: (laughs) yes which will be the mirror self but I do think we're through the hardest part of it I think we're through the heaviest part of it and so I do really want to thank everybody for just showing up for this conversation because it's a hard one to have. And, you know, Chloe and I privately talked about how vulnerable this was for us to talk about and how, you know, we're we're almost afraid to have you guys hear it because of, you know, the illumination of these shadow self things that and things that we've shared with you can be really hard to put out there. So you know, just know that we appreciate how difficult this is and that, you know, we're sitting in that trench Absolutely. with you. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and yeah.
1: yeah, just like just like Heather said, you know, we're really glad that you guys are able to take the space to be here and listen to us. And this is another example. If you guys are listening to this, take this second. Here, let's take a deep breath and just take a moment to honor. Ready? Y'all are awesome. And, you know, it, I think it's great that we do this. It's not our jobs, you know, soul, shadow family. It's not our jobs to be prosecutors or judges or defenders of you know, ourselves or anybody else of any kind. It's just our job to it's our job to be non-judgmental. It's our job to be compassionate and to be humble and and to to fulfill ourselves. And that's that's what our job is here. So, you know, next, next, next episode for the part three for the mirror self, we're going to show you guys how working on all of these things in the shadow are going to benefit the image that you guys put out and what that looks like. And a couple of things that you can do. So thanks for popping in and we'll see you guys for part three of season one, episode 11, shadow self mirror self.
0: We want to thank all of our supporters who've cheered us on in building and creating for this amazing and insightful community we love creating and sharing this space with you if you'd like to continue to see and hear more from us please support the shadow collective on patreon where we offer three affordable tiers of all exclusive tsc content live streams interviews educational graphics resources and more we also post daily on our Instagram at shadowcollective_official. underscore official.
1: Give our personal accounts a follow at at chloe underscore and at heatherholistically underscore to see what we're up to on a day-to-day basis. Last but not least, please feel free to check out our personal business pages. Heather's website is www.heatherholistically.com and my website is www.plantsbychloe.com where you can check out our terror services, blogs, shops, and more. Check out our socials for updates as well. Until next time, in healing, abundance, and light. Ashe.